Life, I believe, is all about energy. A good leader is someone who lifts up those around them, rather than draining them. If your actions inspire others to dream more, do more, become more, that means you're a positively energizing leader. So how do you help people unlock their greatness? You know, what is it about you that is real, that makes you believable? Of course, there's walking the talk, but there's even more than that. Who are you as a person? Can I connect to what you're trying to do? This is the Positive Leadership Podcast. I'm Jean-Philippe Courtois, JP. I'm passionate about positive leadership. And as a member of Microsoft Executive Team, I've got decades of leadership experience. And what does it mean to be a leader? And what does leadership excellence look like? It's sort of one of those things where every day, and I've learned a ton, quite frankly, from you. In this episode, I'll be sharing my own life lessons and those of other leaders to explain how you can generate positive energy to improve the well-being and performance of your own team. But first, thanks so much to those of you who have written a review or been in touch with us on LinkedIn with a comment. Shelley Moss, as an example, says that the Paul Pullman episode was one of the best things she's listened to so far this year. I'm so glad you enjoyed Shelley. What Sharon Hildebrandt found the actor Badash episode really inspiring is insights into how companies need to create movements and not organizations really landed with her. I always love hearing from all of you, from my listeners, so please keep the questions and comments coming and take the time to give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps the way we build and we can shape the show in a better way for all of you. Arminia, good morning and welcome to Positive Leadership Podcast. Thank you so much. Hello, Jean-Philippe. So great to see you in person. After all these years. After all these years. <laughs> Arminia Ibarra is a Charles Andy Professor of Organizational Behavior at London Business School. The relationships we have with the members of our teams, she says, is fundamental to our success. She's the author of Act Like a Leader and Think Like a Leader. And she's got such a great advice on how to step up to bigger leadership roles and increase your positive impact. And, and what happens is we grow up in our careers leading and doing in a particular way until it's no longer what's going to make us successful because the situation right. changes. The yep. classic is the you're a functional expert yep. and you become a general manager. Yep. Yep. And the problem is not so much that you can't acquire those broader leadership <laughs> skills or become more of a communicator or delegate a bit more. Yep. The issue is the way you've done things is who you are. It becomes you. It, it is, defines it is you your, yeah. It's your competence. It's yeah. what you're rewarded for. And yeah. it becomes how you see yourself. And it's very hard to move away from who oh, you yes. are. Yes. Right? And so people get stuck in that. And they think, all right, who do I want to be? Or what's the answer? And let me figure it out in my head. When, in fact, what you need to do is take lots of smaller, maybe counter to who you are, actions, yes. things that are against your nature, outside your comfort zone. You force yourself to delegate or you force yourself to focus more on the people side of things. And over time, you get better at it. When you get better at it, you like it more. When you like it more, you do it more. And eventually it becomes the way you think. It was Socrates you know, in, who said, in organizations we you are what you do That's repeatedly. You you so your excellence is not an act. It is a habit. But going out of your comfort zone can be very uncomfortable. 
at least to begin with. We talk a lot about mindsets. Yep. You cannot change a mindset directly. Your mindset is the product of your experience, what That's has worked, completely. what hasn't worked. Yep. So the only way you change it is you give people new experiences or you push them to do new things that eventually change their minds. So it's not about uh, acting Got without you. thinking. I would not advise that to anyone. Yes. <laughs> but it, it is really about acting your, your way into a new way of thinking. When I'm leading on a team, um, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to hate the people on my team. <laughs> I don't want to diminish them and belittle them. Absolutely not. But what I do want to do is unlock their greatness. Michael Bugestanier is a best-selling author and number one thought leader on coaching. So I want to do a few things. I want to remember that they're human beings, <laughs> not just cogs in the machine that I'm manipulating, but maintain a human-to-human -human relationship. And sometimes that means pushing them and challenging them and saying, you know, not, not quite good enough, you need to do that better. Um, that doesn't mean that I'm not on their side because I absolutely am on their side. It means that um, we all grow through a combination of stress and growth and mistakes and then release and support and learning and recuperation. Embracing growth mindsets, believing that people's abilities can be developed through dedication and hard work, means knowing when to ask the right questions. So I will often, when I'm working with teams that I'm leading, you know, have conversation about what's going well. What are you celebrating? <laughs> How is this? A what are you learning? And all of that is in service to them. And also trying to find uh, the, the work that is thrilling and important and daunting for them. Thrilling, it lights them up. Important, it has a bigger purpose. Daunting, it stretches them and helps them grow. And if I can do all of that, if I can... Um, have a relationship that is an adult-to-adult -adult relationship, give them goals that will stretch them, worthy goals, and kind of be more coach-like to help them learn and grow, then I'm showing up in the way I would want to be as a, me a manager and as a leader. But what about if you want to change something big, like an organization? What would be your kind of key advice at the top, right, to implement cultural organization in the right way? What is the... Not a magical recipe, but what would be there? I do have a magical <laughs> oh, recipe. Oh, okay. I do. It's even better. I do, and I give it to my students for Please. free. Okay. It's the idea plus the process plus you. Idea, the, process, and you. Okay. The idea, the process, and you. So the yeah. idea is just articulate <laughs> clearly yeah. what you're trying to do and why. It's not, I want a growth mindset culture. No. It's, there's an opportunity we want to go after. Right. And that's what's required. Yes. The process, you know, it's where do you start? How do you how do you get a sense of urgency that now is the time that we have to move? You know, it's yep. so interesting in Microsoft, you were so profitable, mm -hmm. even though yes. Yes. <laughs> the reputation had gone down, yeah. even though you felt that you were not innovating. Yep. How do you get urgency when you're doing well? How do you get a group of people around you who are going to be role models, who are yep. going to get things going, even though the system is still completely stacked against you? How do you communicate it? How do you, um, what are the things that you change first? Yes. What are you going to, you know, what are going to be those quick wins that show to people we really mean it? Yes. Yeah, and I'd like to elaborate a bit on that because you've been also defining and explaining a, a concept of outside. Yeah. So can you tell us more about that concept of outside? Yeah. What is that? When we get to these, what got you here won't get you there moments. 
reflection doesn't help that much because it's not in your past experience. And so what you need is just fresh perspective by doing new things and interacting with different people and getting their feedback and prioritizing that over self-reflection. I can remember vividly, actually, back in 2016, when I got this mission about transforming the entire sales force. What I decided to do was actually to visit like dozens of Microsoft subsidiaries in the world, meeting with hundreds of customers, partners, to ask about this new reality we're going into as a company to become what we call at the time Satya uh, Mobile First Cloud First Organization uh, with a new mission. And that gave me so much, not just inputs, but insights into the need for the change. Mm. This is the way they see the company and perception is reality as customers. This is the way our people feel the change that is happening or not happening in the right way. Yeah. And that gave me the energy and the clarity to pick a few things, a few bets, to get mm. started with the change. So I, I, I love the outside because I think to me, it's always about outside in first. To get the really those... Uh, mindful, I would say, next steps to, to accomplish uh, as a business. Changing the culture organization takes so long, Herminia says, that people need to have a hope. Something to hang on their faith yeah. that this is going to continue to move forward. And Part that's when they will be looking to you as their leader for inspiration. The kind of who, who wants to be led by you. You know, yes. what is it about you that is real, that makes you believable? I'm so lucky in that my manager at work Microsoft Chairman and CEO Satya Nadella is that kind of inspirational leader. He doesn't just talk the talk, he walks the walk. For him, being a leader is a privilege and also a state of mind. Right? It's not like, oh, I need to be in a leadership position to be a leader. Uh, it's, a, it's sort of an approach. And I would say there are three things uh, that at least come to me and that's something that we have tried to even build more muscle around at the company. One is leaders have this innate capability to come into difficult, ambiguous, uncertain circumstances and bring clarity, right? You never meet someone and say, oh, that person is a leader if they come into a situation where it's confusing and create more confusion, right? Leaders don't do that. Leaders create clarity. The second attribute of leaders is when you meet a leader, they create energy, right? And they, you know, and across the board, they create energy oh, yes. by not saying, oh, I am great, my team is great, and everybody else sucks. That's not leadership. <laughs> leadership right. is about creating energy across all constituents required in order to go after a mission. Um, the other thing, and the pandemic has been an amazing example, right? Pandemic was a tail yeah. event. None of us could anticipate. Leadership is about being able to solve over-constrained problems, right? I can't wait and drive success in spite of the constraints. That's leadership. Um, and you can't say, I'm going to wait for perfect sun and weather and, you know, conditions in order to do my best work. I mean, that doesn't happen. Uh, and so to me, bringing clarity, creating energy, and driving success um, are really the three attributes of leadership. And, you know, I, I, I'll acknowledge that it's a high bar uh, for all of us. And every day I like to sort of say, shine the light on, how, did I bring clarity? Did I drive energy? Did I create success and unconstrained uh, the problem so that it can even be solved? And I think those are things that I think uh, at least I've come to recognize. 
bringing clarity, creating energy, and driving success. Three clearly articulated goals we would do well to keep front of mind. Good morning, Pete. Hey, you got your colors on. Yeah, I'm not sure the, the listener will see that, but yes, for all of you, I'm wearing a very nice Seahawks uh, jersey today. <laughs> In elite sports, it is the job of a coach to show people that they are getting better. And you're constantly building and reminding and supporting the process. Uh, Pete, let me, let me start by really congratulating you on, on the great opening game, uh, game just against the Colts that you've been winning. Pete Carroll is the head coach of the Seattle Seahawks and an NFL legend. He's created a number of routines to help his team work together better, including one called Tell the Truth Monday. So could you share with us, if you are in the lockers, <laughs> what, did you, what did you discuss with the team and what was the truth about on Monday? Yeah, well, we do have a routine that we do and, and we're trying to be uncommonly consistent on what we do. So we need to have, you know, kind of our, our, our stagings. And, and so Monday is Tell the Truth Monday. And it's a meeting to uh, to bring everything into focus and to get everybody on the same page, uh, so that when we we leave the last event, we we move together into the next you know the next challenge that we have, and and so that's why we we all say you know I messed up here I could have done this I wish I would have thought of that and in hopes that the players are comfortable and open to do the same in the meetings that follow. It is a meeting, but the coach talk about what went well, and what didn't go well and demonstrate accountability. It helps create a feeling of security where people feel it's okay to take risk and find their limits. You have to make it a safe place for people to operate. And, and so they need to feel like they belong. They need to you know, show that they, that they have support and then allow them to, to go to places that they wouldn't go if they weren't feeling comfortable, if they weren't feeling supported and backed up and all that. That's a really important part of it. it you're, you're constantly you know, building and reminding and supporting that process. And so that's, uh, that's how we go about it. You know? And the, the, the key to all of that, JP, is, is for us to stay on track is to care. That's something that's come up again and again in conversations I've been having. If you want people in your team to thrive, you need to really care. You know, care doesn't mean you're somebody's best friend. You don't yes. have to go out to dinner with them. But it does mean caring about them as a human being and helping them navigate so that they can do their best work at Microsoft. Kathy Nogan is Microsoft Executive Vice President and Chief Human Resource Officer and a colleague of mine on the senior leadership team. You think about our managers helping people navigate kids at home, mix shifting their work, having to take time off because a family member had COVID or worse. Um, the role of the manager caring, I think, has been so, so powerful for us. There's been a lot going on, a lot of learning and practicing during the pandemic, and actually even beyond the pandemic right now. Uh, and, uh, you know, can you tell us the, the way you've seen some of those best practices in terms of caring, coaching, modeling, coming together? And uh, what, what has inspired you in terms of uh, some of the best behaviors you've seen? Uh, you probably remember the day where 
I said in the SLT, we had done the, hey, yeah, check yes. in. And I said, <laughs> I'm going to come back on Monday, so nobody yeah. think I'm going to quit. But today, right today, yeah. teaching math sounds really good. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and usually I'm pretty positive yes, in yeah, terms of positive but... <laughs> leadership. And so I think I uh, yeah. people were like, whoa. whoa. And I remember Sacha calling me. We usually sync in hmm. person, but he, yeah. was, he called me, and I could tell he was in his car about hmm. to leave. And he said, hey, I just yeah. want to con- – are you still in the office? Yeah. For some reason, he thought I had left. I said, yeah. no, no, I'm still in the office. And he said, oh, I'll come up. I said, no, no, I'm fine. I I honestly said that just because it was a tough week, but I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Hung up the phone. Five minutes later, he was was in my office. He was there. (laughs) And he clearly had turned around, parked the car, and it was important for him to just come up, Mm. spend 10 minutes. Yeah. Talk about zoom out. Yeah, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, let's see. You know, what what is our purpose and the progress that we can make, yeah. and uh, and those moments matter. Yes, those moments absolutely matter. As Pete Carroll told me, when the culture is right, you can literally feel it. It is how people greet each other, how they interact on a regular basis, just walking down the hall, and to do that, you have to care. You have to care about how you come across. You have to care about how you affect the people that you deal with. And so it, it all begins with respect. And that's why we, we, we go back rule number three in the programs is, is be early. Well, that is all about respect. That's, that's about how you respect um, who you're dealing with. And do you care enough about the people you're dealing with to, to organize your life and prioritize your, your actions so that you're available for the people you're supposed to be around. And, and you're there ready for them. We want to have fun doing what we're doing. You know, JP, we, we want to enjoy the accomplishments. And we also want to enjoy the coming back from when we don't accomplish what we want. You know, we take all that seriously, too. And, 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 and it doesn't take us long to bounce back. You know, and that's why I think we can show that we've been uncommonly consistent over the years. And that, that's a real important part of, of, of the makeup of you know, our environment here. I had a great uh, dialogue with Barbara Fredrickson. Uh, you know, she, she wrote a couple of books, but particularly one where she defined or she redefined love mm. <laughs> in the book called Love 2.0. And she's putting aside the conventional take on love, you know, coming from your family, your spouse, partner, or soulmate, which, of course, is, is a well-understood definition of love. But she's also describing love as a micro-moment of warmth and connection that you share with another living being, actually. And the more experience it, the more you open up and you grow, becoming wiser, more tuned, more resilient, effective, happier, and healthier, including with foreigners that you may bump into the streets. So what, is, what, what have been those micro moments of love, maybe, or one or two you, you'd like to share with us, almost as a conclusion, Kathleen, that, gives you some, um, that gave you so much uh, positive energy and, 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 and continue and help you to continue to grow your, your positive mindsets. You know, honestly, being with you, Jean-Philippe, today <laughs> is a micro moment of love, right? And, and having this shared history together and having been through all of these moments together, work moments, life moments, you know, we've been on this journey. And so getting to see you in person today, to actually see you I think you're great <laughs> at doing a podcast. It's not easy. I'm trying to make sure I'm answering the questions, but I'm like, wow, keeping up as a podcast. So this is a moment. Um, and if I were to just say, gosh, thinking this last week, we, as you know, we had our board meeting. And um, it can be small moments. I, I remember sitting down at the board meeting and in between myself and Amy Hood, Amy Hood is our, our CFO. We're the two female leaders uh, on the SLT. 
And we both had to present, and we just sat down. And before the meeting stopped, she, she looked at me, and she just put her hand out, and we did a fist bump, mm. right? <laughs> and that's a micro moment yes. of, like, I get it, right? Yes. We're, we're yes. in it together. Uh, we're getting through this week. And, um, you know, th- those can be those micro moments, too. Care for those you lead. Treat them as human beings. But don't be afraid to challenge them as well. Take a good look at the way you're communicating with your team and ask yourself if you could be doing something better. Bear in mind the goals of bringing clarity and creating energy, and soon you'll find yourself driving success. In the next episode, I'll be looking at lots of practical ways about how you can find your personal purpose. What is that problem that you cannot turn away from? What is, what is your problem to own? If you're feeling overwhelmed by the big thing that you've taken on, know that you're an extremely good company because every other single person who has taken on a big goal is feeling exactly the same right now. They go, oh my God, what was I thinking? On the Positive Leadership Podcast with Jean-Philippe Courtois, JP. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please do leave us a comment or rating. Goodbye. <laughs>